Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Rick J, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Cary, North Carolina. Today is Monday, September 19th, 2022. We are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter, There is a Solution, on page 28, the fifth paragraph, beginning with, in the following chapter, and reading through two paragraphs, ending with 42 personal experiences over on page 29. Today's readers are Nancy T. in the 12 Steps, Barb W. of the 12 Traditions. Our big book readers are Judith S. P. reading the text, Shanna C., page 164, and Carmela G. is our backup reader. Our newcomer greeter is Tamara C., and our second-hour moderator is Roz G. The share ID for Sunday, September 18th, 2022, is 19,420. Away Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. Overeaters Anonymous is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, our fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I'll now ask Nancy T. to read the 12 steps. Thank you, Rick. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everybody. Nancy T., Compulsive Overeater. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And number twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you so much. I pass. Thank you, Nancy. I'll now ask Barb W. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, Barb W., gratefully recovered in Illinois. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. 
three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for your service. Thank you, Barb. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes, at the end of which I will give you a gentle reminder. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to remute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speaker, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter, There is a Solution, on page 28, the fifth paragraph, beginning with, in the following chapter and reading through two paragraphs ending with 42 personal experiences over on page 29. I will now ask Judith SP to begin reading. Good morning, Rick, and good morning, fellows. My name is Judith SP from Maryland, gratefully recovered for today and blessed to be here with you all reading the passage first. In the following chapter, there appears an explanation of alcoholism as we understand it, then a chapter addressed to the agnostic. Many who were once who once were in this class are now among our members. Surprisingly enough, we find such convictions no great obstacle to a spiritual experience. Further on, Clear-cut directions are given showing how we recovered. These are followed by 42 personal experiences. Uh, When I first read these two paragraphs, I said, oh, this isn't like an electrifying, sexy paragraph that, you know, just just capitalizes on everything. And... uh, What I realize for me, once I separate from my ego, 
and realize the devastation of what food and all the uh, feelings that come along with being a compulsive overeater are put to the side, that humbly being gentle and respectful is what I'm living in these days, and uh, I am so grateful. Um, When I read these two paragraphs again, the word that came to my mind was unconditional. And what I find in reading the big book, in any paragraph or any sentence, is that there's such loving permissiveness. There are boundaries, there are instructions, but they're very simple. And it's my mind and my twisted thinking that tends to complicate everything. And uh, every time I read something in the big book, it brings me back down to a state of calm and uh Most of my life, I don't remember if it's from the beginning, but pretty close to the beginning, everything that I can remember, and I use the words everything, never, and always very lightly in my life now. I used to use use those words all the time, but everything was conditional. If you eat your dinner, you can have your dessert. If you get good grades, you'll be able to get ahead. If you look good, people will want to be around you. And there was always something behind the essence of who I was. And it was very confusing. And many times in my life I would say to myself, not myself and God, because I wasn't even aware of God, God, isn't there a manual I can pick up? to tell me how to live so I can be happy. And here I am, a compulsive overeater, who God gently and graciously brought me into these rooms. And you know what? There is a manual. There is an instruction book. And this is what it is, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I know that many, not myself, but many, have questioned, what is a higher power? And welcomed anyway, a God of your own conception. And I will end with just being so enthralled with the fact that as I've gone through the big book and have done the steps and recovered, not only do I read the book, but I now can turn to other fellows of the past and have experiences through their stories to emphasize the unconditional love of our higher power. And with that I, that I pass, and thank you for letting me share today. Thank you so much for getting us started, Judith. Before we get our first group of names, just a reminder that although we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Please give me your first name only and the first initial of your last name. Who would like to share on what was read today? Shanna C, Tennessee. Gotcha, Shanna. Anne Marie K, Pennsylvania. Gotcha, Anne Marie. Drew D, New Jersey. Who? What was your first name? I heard the D, but I didn't hear your first name. Drew. 
Drew. D. Drew. Okay. Got you, Drew. Who else would like to share? We got room for some more on our first lineup. Guys are taking it easy on me today. Well, we'll go with these three and uh, be a good time to share if you haven't shared. And um, Shanna C., you're up, followed by Anne-Marie K. Go ahead, Shanna. Good morning. Oh, there you are. <laughs> hey, uh, this is Shanna C., Grateful Recover Compulsive Overeater from uh, Tennessee. Sorry, it takes a second for whatever reason on my phone to to unlock and get on. But anyway, uh, thanks, everyone, for your service this morning. Thanks for reading. I love this paragraph um, because it feels like I've read it again for the first time this morning. Uh, the things that jump out to me the most is where it says in the following chapter, there appears to be an explanation of alcoholism as we understand it, then a chapter addressed to the agnostic. And this big book being our basic text, um, you know, we've read uh, the doctor's opinion, you know, as far as step one, well, another explanation of alcoholism happens in the following chapter, but I like to go back and be reminded um, of the fact that I'm bodily and mentally different from my fellows, uh, for anyone that's new, um, it, it, it took me a bit, it took me a bit to, to realize that I actually ate different than, than most people, uh, bodily and mentally different I, because I didn't want to believe that. I thought I was just like everybody else. I could get on a diet and, you know, just be happy with the weight I'm at and do the stuff. You know, I was never that person. I was that person that when, consuming certain foods, I would really, really mean to control it and really want to, but found I could not once I started. And then, okay, well, if I just don't eat it, well, how can I, I can't not go back and pick it back up again because I, you know, have a mind that tells me I can control it better next time if I could just exert more will or find more information or um, know more about myself or, or whatever. Um, I thought that I should be able to control it, but I, I literally like that kind of power. And the cool thing is, it says here in the chapter to the address to the agnostic, I, you know, I had a belief in a, you know, a God and had um, access to a certain extent to the, to the power of God. But this compulsive overeating um, food had beat me into a state of reasonableness that caused a deeper surrender for me that I, I can't even explain. And I'm so grateful that because of that, I had no choice but to cry out to a power greater than me. And the chapter to, to the agnostic shows me that I don't even have to necessarily believe or whatever. It's more of I'm willing to believe that this thing could possibly work for me. So in a nutshell, to keep it simple, and I'll, and I'll wrap it up, is I have a mind a body that says, okay, don't eat these foods, but it, once you start, don't stop. And a mind that says, you know, you can control it this time. And I have a, you know, 
a spiritual malady that's constantly needing power from somewhere. I'm constantly looking. Thank you. Um, looking for power from somewhere, and I have none. And so grateful that this book enables me to find that power. And um, grateful to be of service this morning. And I hope you guys have a wonderful day. That's it. All right, thank you, Shanna. Anne-Marie Kay, you're up next, followed by Drew D. Go ahead, Anne-Marie. Good morning, everybody. This is Anne-Marie Kay. I'm in Pennsylvania. I'm so grateful for this program and to be recovered today. Um, yeah, it's funny. When I first read this today, I was like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> and then I heard Judith and other share, and it dawned on me how much this book is just every time I open it, finally I'm hearing what it's telling me. And the first thing today was the, you know, surprisingly enough, we find such convictions, no great obstacle to a spiritual experience. And then the second one is further on the clear-cut directions are given showing how we recovered. You know, this, I, I guess I was in such a fog, even even after I put down the, the sugar, that my mind was so full of other convictions that couldn't hear the symbols of it. And I'm a slow learner, I'm a learner, I guess, and I had to read, you know, until I started going to big book meetings and really getting into the book, I didn't see that. I didn't see it at all. But I'm so grateful that my higher power brought me gently and slowly into understanding what I couldn't understand. Uh, that's the beauty of this. Uh, my convictions have changed. Uh, I'm of the opinion today, just keep teaching me, and I'll keep my mouth shut and try to learn as much as I can. The clear-cut directions, uh, when I, I hear myself today when I sponsor, and I can tell, oh, man, I hear myself. Clear-cut directions, I don't want to do it that way. I want that easier, softer way. And today I can go back and think of page 58 and say, hey, just follow these simple directions. But I'm so full of self-will that simple directions just don't make it. I want that instant wand of take it all away, just make it happen. And that didn't work for me. 30 years of trying to um, find that easier, softer way when the directions are so clear-cut. My disease is strong, and it will do everything it can to keep me from following those clear-cut directions. I'm just grateful today that I have been able to put aside some of those really strong convictions and say, how's that working for you? (laughs) And uh, it's working really well now that I've decided to surrender. Thanks to everybody who's today, and on that I'll pass. Thank you, Anne-Marie. Drew D., you're up next, and we'll take some more names. Go ahead, Drew. You got it. Thank you very much for your service and for all the shares so far. Uh, I just want to echo how much I appreciate it and how much it it resonates um, with the part that jumped out to me at at first was the the stories. I was excited to hear about, okay, we're going to hear more about our our condition, um, but but for some reason – Wrapping up about it, prefacing the stories really really resonated in my heart, body, mind, and soul, and I felt like it was it was um, evidence in, in how much I was connecting to the other shares this morning. Um, because I need these stories. I, I need um, 
the reality um, of everyone around me, and it's something um, coming out of a, a recent relapse. Just wanted to to get on and be honest about it, and uh, have had a chance in, to reconnect with the power through the stories of others, um, those that have shared about their their experience, strength, and hope. Um, I, I just I had to to get out. Uh, and stumble through a share to say to say thank you um, because uh, I realized that I was living so much without this power and um, it, it wasn't even agnosticism. I, I was working so hard um, to to build a, a career or to build um, something that was ego driven and uh, and this this paragraph reminded me. Uh, ex- exactly what brought me out of the program uh, and the stories that are going to bring me back in, uh, back to a power. So I uh, I heard the paragraphs and I went, oh, this is, is it odd or is it God? That's what I needed to hear today. It feels like uh, another way of defining my, my relapse and return. So I just wanted to, to claim my seat and say thank you so much for everyone um, that are living those stories in, in my life today. Uh, with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Drew. We have uh, a lot of time on the clock here, so before we continue with more names, we are in the chapter, There is a Solution, on page 28, the fifth paragraph, beginning with in the following chapter, reading through two paragraphs, ending with 42 personal experiences over on page 29. So who else would like to share? Debbie V. Got you, Debbie. Good morning. So I heard Margaret, and then there's somebody right behind Hope you, Margaret. Uh, sorry, who was that? Hope B. Did you say Hope? Yes. Okay, gotcha. Mary M. D. Chris M. Benita L. Okay, I think we're going to stop right there. So I've got um, – this is who I heard, uh, and then – Hopefully I've got that right, and then you can, um, you know, clarify that when you introduce yourself with your first name and your initial, and then the state you're from. So I've got Debbie D, Margaret D, Hope B, Marianne B, Chris M, and Lisa L. So Debbie, you're up, followed by Margaret D. Go ahead, Debbie. Thank you so much, Rick. Thank you. Thank you, team. Thank you so much for this meeting and my fellows. Thank you. I'm gratefully recovered in Virginia, Debbie V. And I was talking with my brother yesterday and he had no idea what I was going through. But he's now understanding because I'm able to talk with him about it. And not only did he understand, he has a new level of understanding of what this disease is all about, but he can also relate it to other members of our family who, again, he had no idea. And I came away from that conversation with such gratitude that I have a reprieve based on my willingness and and the um, enlargement of my spiritual connection and life. And when I work my program today, as I'm working it, I'm working it for my family. My family, I was born in 58. And the answer was a diet. The answer was willpower. The answer was uh, the morality, you know, just, just push yourself away from the table. There were, I had no idea 
that I had a disease and I had no idea of what Dr. Silkworth talks about, the phenomenon of craving. No idea at all. And that's what brings me to how important it is to do the 12th step. And that's to get the message out through my example. And then if, if the uh, opportunity comes by and I can hear my higher power nudging me, then it's to talk to someone else about what I have experienced and to share my experience, strength, and hope. So these, this paragraph to me is very hope-filled. It's the outline of the big book, the instructions. It's a great thing to talk to a sponsee about. And it's so promising. And now here are stories. And there's that word recovered again. And I'm so grateful for this program. Thank you so much for witnessing and listening. All right. Thank you, Debbie. All right. Margaret D., you're up next, followed by thank Hope B. Go ahead, Margaret. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Uh, my name is Margaret D. I'm in Georgia, and I'm so grateful to be a recovered compulsive eater, recovered through God's grace and mercy. Um, the first sentence, <clears throat> excuse me, talks about the explanation of alcoholism as we understand it. So I'm not looking at compulsive eating. I mean, I am looking at being a compulsive eater through the eyes of another compulsive eater. I'm not looking at a met, what you know what what the problem is through medical eyes or through some financial institution like a bank or a political movement or some social group or even a cultural group like if I was I don't know from Mars, you know, what do the what's the social group of Mars how in Mars how do they, you know, respond what do they think about it? How do they analyze it whatever? And that's what makes all the difference in the world because what's true for the medical profession or you know, my cultural background or any of this other does not necessarily apply to me as a compulsive eater. It's just, and this is what makes this so wonderful. It's like people that speak my language, I don't have to fight any kind of um, anybody else's opinion of how it should look like or what it should be like or what I should do or what I shouldn't do or whatever. I just have another compulsive eater saying, yes, this is what happened to me. I used to go to the store after planning all, you know, for 40 minutes to an hour what I could bring home to eat. And then as a compulsive eater, I used to spend the rest of the day trying not to eat that exact same thing because once I started, I couldn't stop. And the insanity of it makes sense to another compulsive eater because it's like, yes, that, that's what I do. That's what I did. And what you're telling me makes so much sense. And so then when I come to understand that the answer is going to be a spiritual one instead of a medical one or a political one or, you know, a cultural one or whatever, it just makes me so appreciate how God in his mercy loved us compulsive eaters so much that this came into being. Um, and so I just want to say how grateful I am today that everybody's here and that we're all in this together and how awesome my higher power is. 
And with that, I pass. All right, thank you, Margaret. Hope B, you're up next, followed by Marianne B, I believe. Go ahead, Hope. Yes, this is Hope B from um, California. Um, I am calling attention to the the forty eight personal story, our forty two personal stories that um, are in the back of the book, um, and I personally have read some of those stories. And even though they are somewhat about, well, they are about people who have alcohol problems, I can relate to some of them, you know. And I I think it's just a really nice thing to go to the back of the book and read some of the stories because you can find yourself in some of them, you know. So um, I just really think it's a benefit to look at those 42 stories personal stories. Thank you for letting me share and share with that. I'll pass. I thank you. Hope Marianne B, I believe you're up next, followed by Chris M. Go ahead, Marianne. You can hear me, right? Right. Yes. Good morning. So I'm Marianne Diaz and Dog, and I live in Connecticut. And thank you so much for letting me share. I'm really reminded of how the traditions operate in our meeting. And this sort of a void this morning has allowed people who have not shared, I think I've shared once in nine months. So my new voice, the sentence that really popped out and hit me right between the eyes was, there appears to be, there appears an explanation of alcoholism, comma, as we understand it. And that strikes me as being so humble and so understated because in my walk through life, if I ever tried to explain my experience with, you know, compulsive overeating and the inability to stop eating certain foods, I first get someone who kind of looks off up in the distance and says, ah, oh, hmm, yeah, that's interesting. Because they always want to know the secret. What's the secret? How did you lose that weight? What's the secret? And then the other other polar opposite is the people that say, well, why can't you just stop? You know, what's the problem? You know, why don't you just pull yourself up by your bootstraps? Why, Why do you isolate? Why don't you reach out? Why don't you call someone? You know, so this book written from the addict's perspective, and I think that, you know, we are really the experts, you know. I think many times they ought to have an oncologist go through the process of chemotherapy to see what it's really like because we've gone through the process and we know what it's really like. And when people try to tell us what it's really like, it's so, mm, it feels icky, you know. I know what it's like, brother. (laughs) I know exactly what it's like. You really don't know and you should be glad. But it's written so humbly and so beautifully like, hey, you know, it says to me, if you've got this thing, this book is going to go right through you like a hot arrow. And if you don't got this thing, then congratulations. That's great. But on the same, you know, by the same token, I'm sorry for you because I have a solution. I know how to live a life of joy and happiness and meaning and you know, um, and duty and all the attributes that I aspire to, 
And when I'm eating, I don't aspire to those. I aspire to resentment and hatred and eating more and self-destruction and depression leading to suicide. And one book, it's unbelievable, one, one book that I work with and sit with other people who we read it together, which is phenomenal, being with like-minded people. I mean, it's, revolu- it's yeah, revolutionary is not even the word. It is divinely inspired, changed my life, and um, I pray for freedom from food. I pray for freedom every day from food. Freedom is permanent. Release is temporary. Thank you. That's Marianne D in Connecticut. All right. Thanks so much, Marianne D. All right. Chris Sam, you're up next, followed by Lisa L. Go ahead, Chris. Uh, thanks, Rick. Thanks for your service and everyone else uh, doing service and on the line today. Um, Chris M., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Ontario, Canada. Um, the first thing that stood out for me was, uh, you know, the second paragraph discussing the clear-cut directions are given showing how we recovered and uh, specifically clear-cut directions. And that's referred to... Um, often throughout this book and for some reason with my built-in forgetter and my ego and my self-will I forget about the clear-cut directions and I you know I I often uh, well I shouldn't say often but I sometimes you know fall into that into the character defects and veer off on my own uh, on my own directions or pick and choose you know, what to do. And, you know, I have uh, been struggling, you know, with health issues and so easy to use that as a, as an excuse and to not, uh, you know, to not follow the clear cut directions and, you know, the connection with my higher power to, you know, help with this. I mean, this is a manual for living that can help me in all aspects of my life, not just, compulsive overeating and then backing up to the first uh the first paragraph that was read i really love how it talks about um you know the explanation of alcoholism and i really love the line about uh you know the chapter to the agnostic because that's uh how i identified coming in And then, surprisingly enough, we find such convictions, no great obstacle to a spiritual experience. And even though I kind of read that backwards, uh, saw the clear-cut directions part first, and then um, the first paragraph second, it makes me feel really grateful. Um, And I feel like it's a message from my higher power as a reminder that, um, you know, my spiritual experience of an educational variety um, and even I've I've had a couple of white light experiences that can uh, that can continue, but I just need to follow these clear cut directions and um, you know connect with my HP and with others every day, uh, no matter what what is going on around me that distracts me. So anyway, with that I pass. Thank you all for being here. Have a good day. Thank you so much, Chris. Lisa L., you're up next, and we'll get some more names. Go ahead, Lisa. Lisa L., hit star one to unmute. 
Hmm. I thought I heard of Lisa, Lisa L. Am I being heard okay? Loud and clear, Rick. No problem. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, one more call for Lisa L., and then I'm going to get some more names. All right. Okay. Before we continue with uh, more names, we're in the chapter, There is a Solution, on page 28, the fifth paragraph, beginning with, in the following chapter, and reading through two paragraphs, ending with 42 personal experiences over on page 29. And though we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience, too. Uh, who else would like to share today? Christina J. Melissa C. Okay, I've got Christina J, Melissa C, and our Pamela P. Was that Pamela? Yeah, Pamela Pamela P. Oh, gotcha, Pamela. And Jackie A. And Jackie, gotcha, Jackie. All right, let's go ahead with those, um, and then we'll see where we're at. Christina J., Melissa C., Pamela P., and Jackie A. Go ahead, Christina J. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, everyone. Christina J., State of Washington here. State of Washington. Oh, my God. State of North Carolina. You can tell I'm nervous. Um, I followed clear-cut directions for years. I love directions. Give me a set of directions. Give me a piece of furniture that's in a box, and I can put it together. You know, give me the directions but I kept relapsing. So what helped me to hang in there and think that maybe these directions are going to work for me one day? The stories. If I can hear vulnerability, if I can hear experience, if I can hear recovery, if I can hear pain, if I can hear all of the um, things about my disease that I relate to 110% in the stories in the back, in the vision for you stories, Um, I'm hanging in there because there's something I'm not getting in those directions. And one of the directions uh, many of us talk about is surrender. Surrender to something bigger than yourself. Uh, Usually in directions that you get every day, there's none of that. Surrender a higher power greater than yourself and you can put this piece of furniture together. (laughs) If I surrender to a higher power greater than myself in step two and three, I just... Come to believe something greater than myself and then continue forward, taking the action steps with faith. I can get this thing. I don't have to get it right away. I really don't have to feel the presence of God until step, you know, eight, nine, somewhere in there, four through nine, when I'm in the action steps and I begin to be humble. That ego begins to be chopped down and I see my part in things. I feel, personally, I felt horrified at first, and then I realized I was human and innocent of wanting love, wanting attention, and I did all kinds of things to get it, not knowing it was harming others and harming myself. So that's it. You know, the stories mixed with the clear-cut directions and surrender, and I'm home free. And i got to do that every day. Uh, I've been not able to connect since Friday. It's been a brutal weekend of moving. Finally, we're into our precious little home that God provided for us. And I'm back on the line with you guys, my fellows, and I feel the love and I feel the experience and I feel the strength and hope in your stories being brought forth today. My clear-cut directions 
or to do this thing every day, surrender, pause, take God into my heart, open my heart to connect it to my head. I don't have to run by my head today. I've got to pause and open up that heart. Thank you for letting me share. I love all you guys, and I pass. Thank you so much, Christina. All right, Melissa C., you're up next, followed by Pamela P. Go ahead, Melissa. Hey, good morning, Rick. Thanks so much for your service this morning. I'm Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York, and, you know, I, I read this, and I think it, it talks about having this conviction, this agnostic conviction, and which is like those, they kind of are conflicting words, because if you have a conviction, it's an it's a belief, right? It's a, a position and a belief, and agnosticism is actually this, this idea, this condition, that it's impossible to know for certain, and not only is it impossible for you to know for certain, but for anybody to know for certain. So if your conviction, if your belief is that I can never know this and no one else can never know this, this book is actually saying don't worry <laughs> because, by the way, there's a whole chapter for you because we were once that way too. And if you follow directions, that will change for you because it says, like, who were once in this class. You know, it, it, the book gently points out that at some point, the conviction of a non-believer, this belief that you can't believe, is going to have to be laid aside, right? You're going to have to put it down, which we actually, I think, many of us think too much about it, you know, because as soon as you take direction, you're actually saying, you know what, mm, my convictions are willing to set them down. And I think, you know, that's why they mentioned that um, more about alcoholism chapter. Because that, to me, is the chapter for the, for the, for the relapse queen, you know. If you wore that like a badge of honor, like you're the relapse queen, well, don't worry. We've got a set of directions that you could be the comeback kid. And you can be the comeback kid and stay, right? Like, that's the thing. And so the stories that we read are stories that, yes, we identify with the with the crazy, we identify with the experiences, but even more powerful is that we get hope from people who follow directions, who come to have a spiritual experience, which means that God enters your heart and lives in a way which is miraculous, and you know it. It's the thing that you're the most certain of. And that's how I feel today. Canaan agnostic, convicted that I'll never believe, and today it's like, you know, I'm, I'm like a I want to wear the T-shirt that says, like, yep, it's all about God. And um, thanks. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa. Pamela P., you're up next, followed by Jackie A. Go ahead, Pamela. Yeah, hi. This is Pamela P. from New York. Um, when I look at the chat, it says it relates with God. Um, so, and then I saw something say, I, yes, I am one of them. So, I just feel that I just feel a sense of belonging when I read this because I know something not wrong with me and so many other people going through this. Also, when I read it, I feel that God loves us. Either we're not perfect, either we have the disease, he still loves us. And he don't love us less than anybody who don't have the disease. We are special to him. We all special in our imperfect way. 
And I know this the God that helped me when I was human trafficked. This the God that helped me and still loved me unconditionally when I went to Dell industry. And this the same God that loves me when I am bending purging or crying or worried that I can't I can't stop getting to that net compulsive bite. He the same God that loves me. He'll love me any less. Easy when I take that compulsive bite. So for today, I in recovery. And it's it amazing and scary. For the next minute, I will know I'm going to be in recovery. Every minute means so much. And I must work the program like my life depends on it, which it does. And I'm not going to have a fruitful life, you know, fruitful life unless I, you know, put down the food. It no, I it no negotiate. So I just pray to God, you know, that today I continue put down the food, focus on Him and gratitude and the amazing program. And knowing I'm not alone and nothing wrong with me because I had the disease. You know, I just feel like I'm closer to God because of this disease. But they're a spiritual program. I got to work with God. You know, like he number one, that it. He always got to be one. And so I am just grateful that he still loves me in my imperfect. And that's why I got from the paragraph. Love your guys. I pass. Thank you, Pamela. Jackie A., you're up next, and we'll get another name or two. Go ahead, Jackie. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much. This is Jackie A. from Connecticut, and right now I'm in Maine outside Mount Abraham. Um, I'm really trying to lean into my higher power and to the fellowship, and yesterday I got to listen to two morning meetings, and I carried those sentiments with me up a rainy mountain and back down. And, um, and when I came back to a hostel and there... I'm staying and I'm sopping wet and um, and there's food around me and there's free food in the fridge and I know that I'm like late and eating my dinner meal. I want to get to bed early and I still ate in recovery and I talked about it and I brought my abstinent meals with me and I didn't break it and that's the power of like learning about the program for me, learning about the steps, learning about the solution. I could have justified it all I wanted to. I could have said, oh, I put this past my, you know, my nutritionist before, and I put this past my um, my sponsor, my food accountability buddy. But, like, I know from chatting with folks in the program and from having my sponsor the first time around is that hunger is okay. Fatigue is okay. These are things that I didn't have solutions to before. These are things that I used to reward myself with binging and restricting and not be able to enjoy vacations because I was so angry or so scared or so tired, and I just raged in, like, the page 88, like, restless, irritable, discontent, fearful. Like, I did not have that sense of peace. I did not have that sense of, like, God connection. And today, my boots are wet. My pants are wet. My freaking jacket's wet. I'm going to try. I'm going to try my best because God wants for me, me to grow, to learn, to rely on them more. And there's times on the trail where I want to, like, 
you know, be human reliant. And I realized that I can check in with my fellows. My fellows love me back. They want to see pictures, but I'm not depending on human aid. I'm depending on God reliance to just like take the next right action. Tonight I have an intergroup meeting and that's my responsibility today. That's my solution. That's my 11 step accountability buddy. Like I have to be home tonight so I can chat with them. So I can talk about my selfishness or how I served others. Like, that to me is the solution. It's living in the solution. It's not living in hospitalization period anymore. It's not justifying things like who cares if I'm around professionals or people that have a high school freaking GED. It doesn't freaking matter. And so I'm just, I'm so grateful for just getting the daily dose of the big book here every day and just hearing my fellows on the line, getting to meet some of you along these crazy paths of journeys. And, um, I bless you, and I hope you have a great day today. Thank you so much for helping my recovery. All right, Jackie, thank you. Thank you so much. All righty, got time for two more names. Who would else like to share? Toby K. Toby K, gotcha. Got Toby and one more. Mary M. All right, Mary. All right, Toby, you're up, followed by Mary. Go ahead, Toby. Yeah, I'm really uh, blown away, uh, and thank you, everybody, um, for the shares. I'm blown away by these shares. And um, yesterday was my daughter's wedding, and um, I didn't have time to eat lunch. I I was just rushing and going and you know, sitting in traffic going to the wedding and I said, Oh no, I'm missing a meal, what am I gonna do? But I had no choice. I didn't have when to eat. Um so um and I I did get over hungry and my ego, you know, wanted to overeat as soon as I see food. Um, my restlessness, my irritability, my discontent, as as I heard other people say. And, um, you know, God was doing to me what I couldn't do for myself because every time I wanted to eat a little more, a little more, um, the music started to play and someone took me to dance. And, um, you know, mostly my family. And the food was taken away. I came back and there was no, there was no plate. So, um, I really have to thank my higher power, even though I'm in a crazy, uh, maddening space. And all I could think of is me, not the bride, the groom, all I could think of is me. So, um, I really thank God, um, for the experience and for taking care of me, even when I don't even know it. So um, I really appreciate this meeting. I appreciate the, the, what God did for me and um, the um, the beauty and and the friendship of uh, of all the people around me and my family, especially uh, who came from far and near. And um, I appreciate this program because I am still human. Thank you. I pass. 
Thank you, Toby. Before you head out, um, could you tell us what state you're from again? Oh, yes. Uh, Toby K., Long Island, New York. Thank you. Thank you, Toby. Mary M., you're up next, and we'll see where we're at. Um, go ahead, Mary. Good morning, uh, Rick. Could you hear me? Yes. Okay. Uh, thank you for taking the meeting. Thank you for all the shares. Uh, this is a a great paragraph, and um, I like them all. Uh, I really wanted to talk about the uh, the personal stories. I think that's so important. Um, all the stories in the back of the book, especially acceptance was the answer. That's pretty much my favorite. Um, it uh, it it all the stories. You know, it tells what it was like, what happened, what it's like now, and it's a process of the demise of our disease and um, and the process of high, finding that higher power and uh, you know and I you know that's my experience and um, you know so I think that's super important um, I heard in a meeting last week that uh, they're coming out with the fifth edition fifth edition um, in 2025 so you know it's always um, a process, uh, a, a long process of putting a book, uh, the book together. Um, they're taking um, personal stories now and going to put it together. Um, and also there's a book that's called Experience, Strength, and Hope of all the stories of all the editions so far um, that you can get. Um, so anyways, just a little history, but um, yeah, I... Uh, I, I love what um, this program has given me, and I love what it's taken away. So that's all I have. Thank you, Mary. And again, uh, I need to have your state too, please. And it's Mary M., right? Mary, um, you please tell us uh, your state? Yeah, Mary M. from Chicago, Illinois. Okay. Um, I think that's really going to be about it for today, guys. Um, thank you, everyone. Uh, thanks to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Monday, September 19th, 2022, is 19,421. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Well, Shanna C., please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning. This is Shanna uh, uh, reading from page 164, A Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Tennessee. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.